Hey everybody, my name is Brianna McCarthy. I am the president and founder of the Brilliant Tribe. I'm so excited to be here with my guest, Jennifer Lucy Tyler, for our very first podcast episode. Uh, I couldn't think of anybody better to have today. Um, for those of you who don't know, the Brilliant Tribe is a Christian organization with the purpose of encouraging the body of Christ to reflect the brilliance of heaven here on earth. Matthew 5, 16 tells us to let our light so shine that men may see our good works. Ephesians 5, 14 tells us to awaken from our sleep and to shine the light of the gospel in the world. And so this podcast is a conversation that will help you to uh, shine brighter in the world for the glory of Jesus Christ. Again, I am so excited to have uh, Jennifer Lucy Tyler with me today. Uh, Jennifer, tell us a little bit about yourself. First, let me say... I am completely, I'm so excited to know that I'm your first guest. I did not know. So maybe I should have put on some lipstick. But awesome. <laughs> You're um, a beautiful girl. Thank you. So uh, I am a wife of 11 years. I live in the Washington, D.C. area, hence the 202 sweatshirt. Uh, I am a disciple. Um, I love God. Um, I love family. Uh, I love teaching the Bible. Uh, that is what I am called to do, um, is to teach the Bible. And I do that through, uh, several avenues. Uh, one being, uh, running a ministry called soul circles, where we bring women together to study the Bible inductively, not just for information, but for transformation. And, uh, yeah, uh, I also work for Logos, so I'm a national presenter uh, for Logos Bible Software, and that's what I do on the nine to five side. That's awesome. So I followed you for a little bit on social media. We connected on Twitter maybe like three or four years ago, and I got to meet you in person yes. two years ago at the first uh, courageous conversation we had in D.C. Let me tell you yeah. something. When people have platforms Oftentimes, they're not, I don't say oftentimes, but sometimes they're not humble enough to serve. Jennifer was out there at the volunteer table ripping and running with the <laughs> with us. And I was just like, I already knew that she was an amazing woman of God, but I really got to see how uh, passionate she is about just serving the body of Christ. And then this past year, you were a moderator and I got to know a little bit about your testimony and um, one of the things I know just as a believer that there are a lot of um, the church that's struggling with to overcome sin. And I really this morning wanted to have a conversation about the transformational power that is able to of the gospel that is able to set us free from sin. Yes. So if you don't mind, uh, share with us your testimony. Well, um, let's see how I can kind of condense this. Uh, but I I grew up in Washington, D.C., didn't grow up in a Christian home. Uh, I grew up being exposed to church, but not having a relationship uh, with Christ. My mother took me to church on holidays like Easter. Uh, and I, I grew up in the 80s uh, in D.C., in the 90s at the height of the crack epidemic. Mm -hmm. uh, my father uh, was a was a 
was impacted by that. Uh, he was addicted to drugs for most of my life. And that impacted our family structure. Um, one of the ways that it impacted it is he was in the home, but not necessarily in the home, mm. um, not necessarily present. Uh, I always, I was a daddy's girl, always looked up to my father, loved him, uh, despite uh, the sickness of addiction that he dealt with. But, you know, I it impacted us. It impacted us in ways that I'm still unpacking today in my own therapy sessions. Mm. Um, I was, like I said, I was introduced to church. Uh, there was a time during my childhood where my aunt moved in with her kids. And my aunt was this strong, Pentecostal, Baptist, Baptocostal kind of woman who would just be praying in tongues all through the house and pr- playing her gospel music. And I thought she was so weird. <laughs> uh, but one of the things that I grew to appreciate is she would take me to church along with uh, her when she would take her children to church. And so that's how I got exposure to the stories of the Bible, the mm-hmm. stories of scripture. And um, that I know planted seeds in me. And I'm always grateful uh, for her influence mm-hmm. in me uh, as a child. When we became, uh, when I was about 16 years old, my mother then moved us from that house and we moved to an apartment. <clears throat> and it was just, me, my mom, and my dad. My brother was six years older, so he was already out of the house. And I just remember at that point, I was far away from any connection to God, any connection to Christ. And I was a teenager in the DC area, and I was exposed to so much. Um, I lost my virginity super early, um, 14 years old. And that opens the door uh, for just a, a lot of confusion uh, within my sexuality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I began to explore that as a teenager, um, having been exposed to uh, same-sex lifestyles from other family members and things of that nature. And from age 16 to 24, I dated women. Uh, I dated women and men on and off, uh, but I felt safe with women just because of some of the experiences of um, even being date raped by by a male Mm. and um, just some of the, uh, even how I viewed, I realized how I even viewed my father Mm. uh, impacted how I felt about safety. Uh, as it pertains to men. And so I felt, I found this community, you know, uh, the LGBTQ community that felt safe and felt like family. And so uh, that was the lifestyle that I lived. And uh, during that time, uh, in somewhere along that period, uh, the Lord saved my mother uh, and my mother started changing And I started seeing the joy of the Lord in her so much to the point where it began to irritate me because I would be like, 
How is she so happy and just, you know, singing gospel songs and having this joy and all of this stuff is going on. But I wanted that joy. I secretly wanted the joy that she had. And so uh, my mother invited me to church one day. And I remember inviting my best friend to come along with me because I said, I don't want to be around all these church women alone. And my best friend came and it was a powerful gospel presentation. I will never forget it. It was done in like a drama form. So see, all ministries are important. It was the drama ministry that presented the gospel. And I remember it impacting uh, myself and my best friend. And from that day forward, I knew a change had happened in my heart. Um, I still went back to the same same sex relationships that I was in, but it no longer felt comfortable. Hmm. There was a change that happened. And we know that, you know, when you receive Christ, the Holy Spirit, it comes inside of you. And so that the Holy Spirit and what I was engaging in, it didn't agree any longer. Uh, And six months from that time of my best friend and I uh, receiving Christ, my best friend was murdered Mm. uh, in D.C. And it was at that point, uh, that was September 2004. uh, It was at that point where I completely surrendered. I threw myself into the things of God. And it actually was deep pain that caused me uh, to do that. I remember very shortly after my best friend was murdered, uh, I moved back home with my mother and I moved out of the woman's house that I was living with. I moved back home with my mother and I just wanted to throw myself into the scriptures and to figure out who is Jennifer? What is my identity? And I didn't date for for some years. Like I just wanted to allow God to do what he needed to do in me. And it was sort of a (laughs) drastic 180 Mm -hmm. transformation that began to take place. But that's what the Lord, I guess, you know, needed to do in me. And uh, from that point, I have been seeking the Lord ever since. And, you know, since then, you know, I've got got married in 2011. Didn't think I would get married. Uh, Got married to an incredible man of God. Uh, But one thing that I always say about Jeff is that he was the man that made me feel safe. Mm. He made me feel safe. His love was pure it was a pure godly love that I had never experienced before. And so it was easy to grow in love with him and uh, to say yes to being his wife. So. so since your conversion, what do you what would you say is the thing that keeps you living the transformed lifestyle? There's so many people who come to the faith and sometimes slide back out to living in ways that are contrary to what scripture, uh, you know, what it tells us, how it tells us to live. So what was it that really was the catalyst for you to stay in that transformed life? It was a few things. Uh, One of the things, of course, is growing in my own spiritual disciplines of consistent prayer, time with the Lord, 
you know, Bible reading, studying, all of those things strengthen our spirit, right? It strengthens our spirit, man, to be able to resist temptation, to resist the devil. And when we resist him, he flees. And the more we do that, the stronger you become, right? But I also have to say there is such power in community. Yes. Um, I, again, one of the things that made me feel very comfortable in that lifestyle was the community. It was, uh, it felt like family, you know, and some of those people are still good friends of mine to this day, right? And so it was a, it was a community. Uh, And so community is important in the body of Christ when we are walking this walk out, when we're trying to live out the transformed life, whether you uh, were in same-sex lifestyles or other lifestyles, right? Um, we still need community. I need community even now in our marriage. You know, that community helps us and that keeps us. And so uh, not isolating ourselves uh, has been uh, really helpful with keeping me in a space of, you know, serving the Lord and living for him. Uh, So we're not isolated. We have community. I've had community prior to being married uh, where people were allowed to get in my business. (laughs) Uh, Women who uh, have discipled me over the years in different seasons of my life have been uh, really helpful where I could have conversations with uh, community where I could be transparent if I'm having a struggle or if I have a dream or something like that, where, you know, those uh, thoughts come in my head. Right. Um, so I'm able to being able to unpack those things in a safe place with godly community uh, has been a godsend. It's been transformative. Two things you said I want to highlight. You highlighted community both when you were living in a sinful lifestyle and community when you were on this side of the gospel. Whatever community we're in shapes who we are, right? Absolutely. Yes. So we have to choose our community wisely. Another thing you said that I thought was like very important to point out was that even though you are in Christ, there is, there is still temptation. Yes. Yes. People act like, oh, the moment you come into the God, you know, into the Christian community, oh, it's done away with. Christianity is a a journey of crucifying our flesh daily. It's a daily thing. You gotta wake up and crucify the flesh. And and then when you get to different places in your life, the temptations change. Mm. Sometimes they change, sometimes they stay the same. And so the temptations that I may have had 15. 16, 17 years ago, when I was in that lifestyle, they're not the same temptations that I have today. And so they they change. And so that's why it's a daily dying of ourselves that we have to do. Yes. So you talked about um, your spiritual practices being what continues to help to keep you on the right path. Can you share a little bit about how you, uh, your rhythm of spending time with the Lord and cultivating your relationship? It changes. I'm, I'm going to tell you because I have a interesting lifestyle where I'm traveling a lot uh, for uh, Logos Bible software and things of that nature. So uh, it changes from when I'm on the road. Uh, but one thing is that I'm 
always trying to be intentional with what I'm hearing. Yes. So when I'm on the road, there's times I'm just listening to various sermons or I'm listening to scriptures or I'm listening to various audible eBooks <coughs> that, excuse me, that mm-hmm. can encourage me, that can strengthen my faith. Uh, and those things help me. Uh, when I'm uh, at home, I'm able to wake up slower and spend that time uh, in prayer, uh, spend that time in the word, maybe uh, studying a particular, whatever it is that I'm studying, like spending some time there, but also uh, throughout the day as I'm working, as I'm working from home, I'm always listening to some something mm-hmm. that will strengthen my spirit. <clears throat> so it just sounds like it's not about what you do. It's more about putting in intentionality, intentional time, whether that's listening to a podcast or prayer or reading yes. scripture. And also finding your rhythm, right? So I will say for me, uh, this walk is not a robotic thing. Yes. Where every day looks the same. It's not going to look the same. It's not okay, every day at 6 a.m. is quiet time. Like, let me grab my coffee and let me... No, I wish. No, <laughs> every day is not going to look like that. Uh, but every day, I think the rhythm is making that time to connect with God, to connect and to learn and to pray, all of that. And throughout the day, there's, uh, you know... First Thessalonians, I think it says, pray without ceasing, yes. right? And so the practical way of what that looks like is just communicating with God throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to look different. So I usually just encourage people to find their rhythm, but be intentional. Don't go a day without communicating with God. Like if you could listen to you know, uh, your favorite song. Okay. Maybe pause and say, Hey, let me get some word in. Let yes. me on this sermon, uh, <laughs> something that can really just, uh, grow your spirit. I think another key point, when we talk about sin, we often talk about like grace, you know, which is a very important conversation. Yes. I think we also, in addition to, um, you know, staying prayerful, we need to lean into the power of the Holy spirit. Yes. To keep like he really is uh the, the the force that keeps us from acting on sinful behavior. So yes, yes we need grace, but we also have <laughs> the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit to hold us up, to keep us from falling, to empower us, to give us to to give us continued power daily over sin. We can't do it without the Holy Spirit. Amen. We just can't. Uh we need him. Every day, every day I'm asking a Holy Spirit, help me. Before my feet hit the ground, I ask God, help me. Give me what I need for today. Amen. It is, again, I want to reiterate that. I don't care what the sin is you deal with. If you are not walking with and inviting the Holy Spirit into your daily lives, uh, you're setting yourself up for failure. But with Christ, you know, we have the power over sin and death. Amen. Amen. I mean, I had to do that today. I do it every day. I had to do it today. My husband and I had a petty disagreement and I'm like, come on now, like Holy Spirit, help us. And he activated. 
Yes, yes. And he did. So we never stopped needing that, you know, uh, no matter how long we've been a Christian. So how would you um, encourage maybe somebody who's watching or listening who is saying like, you know, I, I am a Christian. I've accepted the Lord into my life. I love him. Um, but I just cannot overcome this sin. I, how do I get over the shame? How do I, um, how would you encourage them? Huh, man, I think one of the ways that I would encourage them is to focus more on God, Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for your sin than you changing. Mm -hmm. So when I walked out of the same-sex relationships, the focus wasn't necessarily, oh, I need to to change this. Uh, My focus was on getting to know God. And as you focus on getting to know who he is, Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit over time begins to strengthen you and to shape you and to mold you into his image. Mm. But we sometimes as humans, we put this pressure on us to change us as opposed to let me connect with the creator, the one who created me in the first place, mm-hmm. allow him to shape mold and change me. The more I'm in relationship, the more I'm in c- community, the more I'm seeking him, the more I'm in the word, the more I'm praying, the more that relationship is, is being cultivated. And as that relationship is being cultivated, the change starts to happen because it's the Holy Spirit that is working within us from the inside out. And so I would just encourage that individual to focus on that, focus on the relationship with God, and then allow the spirit of God to shape you and mold you in his time. Be patient with yourself. Change does not happen overnight. Yes. Uh, so please be patient with yourself. The Holy Spirit grows us in his timing, but just be determined and consistent uh, because also know the enemy is going to try to fight that. Yes. He wants to try to put a wedge in the relationship between you and the father. And so recognize that and fight for that relationship. It's that relationship yes. that changes us over time. I love how you pointed out that it's not a overnight thing. I think about um, one of my favorite uh, people in the Bible is the Apostle Paul. I think about Romans 7, you know, uh, how this person who was being used so mightily by God was saying, like, I have these issues, the things that I don't want to do. I keep doing the things that I do want to do. I don't do those things. And so we see him talk about his struggle with sin, right? And in chapter seven, but in in Romans eight, he like, you know what? But thanks be to God that gives us victory over sin. So if Paul struggled, you're going to struggle. If Jennifer struggles, you're going to struggle. If I struggle, we're going to struggle. It's what we do within that struggle that makes a difference. Uh, I think a lot about the um, 
the fruit of the spirit is self-control. Yes. The spirit gives us power to control ourselves. Paul, I love this dude so much as you can see, but he says, I keep under my body and I bring it. Under subjection. Into subjection. So mm-hmm. it's like, those are the things that we have to constantly do every day. It is not a one uh, day thing. And again, what Jennifer said, I just want to encourage you guys. There is power in Jesus Christ. It's power in the gospel to give yes. you over, or give you power over sin and death. So, um, I know you got to go. She just said, honey, <laughs> she got things to do. <laughs> Can you please just leave us with some final thoughts and then also share where people can find you? My final thought is just knowing that you can be transformed in Christ. The gospel is powerful. And when you trust Christ and allow him to come into your heart, and it's the simple gospel. Mm -hmm. The gospel has the power to transform. We cannot transform ourselves. That is called behavior modification. Mm -hmm. And anytime you try to transform yourself, that's why you end up right back from uh, to the beginning, right? Because you're trying to do it in your own power by modifying behavior. This is not what we're talking about here. The transformation that I've experienced and so many others have experienced in their lives is through and by the power of the Holy Spirit it is surrendering to Christ. It's trusting Christ with our lives. It's a daily surrendering that yes. happens. And the power of the gospel is what transforms. And so I want to encourage that person that may be listening that is on the fence and they are just like, man, I, I just don't feel like I can do this myself. I have these attractions. I have these things going on or I'm in this relationship and I know it's unhealthy. I know it's not, you know, uh, God glorifying. I would just encourage that person to lean into the Lord, to lean into Christ, to trust him, ask the Holy Spirit for help. Uh, he gives you the help. He is the helper. And so, uh, yeah, so those are my final words. But to connect with me, my website is jenniferlucytyler.com. Or you could find me online on Instagram if you are on Instagram at Jennifer Lucy Tyler. And I am at Jen Lucy Tyler on Twitter. So, Jennifer, I don't know how long I'll be on Twitter though, but we'll see. (laughs) Don't leave me now. That's what we talk. Don't leave me, friend. That's the platform that I'm most I'm the most active on, and I'm barely active on there. But I just want to thank you so much for coming today and sharing. And if you guys, as you said, go check her out on um on Instagram and Twitter, and tell tell them a little bit about what you do with logos and how they connect, how they can connect with that. Yeah, so I am a national presenter, which means I present the logos Bible software at various conferences. So if you have a conference. And you want logos to partner with it, you can uh, connect with me and ask me about that. I'm also the first uh, Black woman national presenter that they have had. So pray for me. (laughs) Uh, But I I do enjoy the people that I get to meet uh, as I present at these various conferences. Awesome. So if your church wants to get connected, 
hit her up again. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for joining us today. And again, to you are watching, be encouraged. You have power through the gospel of Jesus Christ over sin and death. All right, y'all. It's been my pleasure. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.